Amen. It's great to be together, guys. How are we doing today? We enjoying the day? What a beautiful place. I feel like I'm going to get married. Come on. Remember that? Remember when we had that? For those that remember our wedding, nothing can... Can, can really top our wedding, right? That's how you think. You know, like, my wedding was the best wedding. Um, well, my name is Glenn Petruzzi, and I'm honored to be able to speak to you. I know a lot of you guys know me. Uh, shout out to Portsmouth. I love you guys so much. Man, oh man, I owe a lot of my salvation. Jesus did most of it. But you guys uh, really did love me so much. Coming as a college student at UNH... I was uh, a sophomore, I didn't know anyone, I had a phone number of the minister, and before Facebook and before all those different technology systems, I had no cell phone, I had a landline, and I remember making the first call uh, to Bob Barsky, and Dave Rousseau picked me up, and he said, we're going to devotional, and I was like, who are these people? I've eaten most, uh, in, in your homes, I've eaten most of your food uh, growing up. I, in the kingdom, I, I enjoyed going to midweek uh, at the Holiday Inn. And uh, baptizing people in the, the pool there, enjoying the fellowship. And I know uh, your faces are just, you're still so young. All of you look so great. Uh, it's, it's so great to just see you guys and to see your faith. Uh, and it's awesome to be together with the Portland group. Yeah. We're so grateful we get to worship together. And the campus students, shout out to you guys. Um, well, let's jump in because uh, my wife said, less is more, honey. Less is more. So let's go to Matthew 22. I appreciate my wife helping me out. Um, but today we're going to talk about, uh, obviously our retreat was chosen, that was our focus, that was our, uh, our theme, and uh, it's already been an amazing time together. I'm so excited that we get to have our own campus retreat, and uh, seeing people just be impacted by that, and uh, I know, hopefully we can do this more uh, with our churches, and man, this is great, and uh, so appreciate the worship team. You guys did an amazing job. Give it up for them. They're amazing. They did an amazing job. Um, well, I'm going to speak about a subject that is interesting and powerful. Many are called, right? Yeah. But few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. Um, many are called, few are chosen. This is an interesting, interesting topic. Uh, and we're going to start in Matthew 22. And we're just going to jump right in. Amen? Amen. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited by the banquet to tell them to come. But they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come, come to the wedding banquet. I hate this scripture. 
Verse 5 is one of the most discouraging scriptures in all the Bible. But they paid no attention and went off. One to his field, another to his business. The rest seized the servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready. But those I invited did not deserve to come. So go on to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find. The bad, (laughs) as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how'd you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness. Will there be weeping and gnashing of teeth? For many are invited but few are chosen. Wow, this is, I don't care what circle you're doing this in, a Bible discussion group, a devotional, a church service, this is a powerful parable. Because it speaks of two things. It speaks about a God, right? Who's preparing a wedding banquet for us. That's so incredible. And that wedding banquet is the kingdom of God. And that wedding banquet ultimately is heaven, amen? A place of golden streets and the face of God is there. He's he's prepared it already for us. Isn't that fired up? That God's prepared a mansion for you. That God's prepared, you know, these are the words he uses, mansion, right? A holy city, a place that does not need the sun because God's radiance is all the power and sufficient energy you need. Wow. Imagine not needing the sun anymore. In a world that doesn't need a sun. That's an awesome world. That's a world that will never be destroyed. You know, we were going to outlast the sun. Amen. S-U-N, amen? But isn't that credible that we're going to go to that place, and this place is speaking my language, amen? It talks about the butcher of cattle. (laughs) Now, sorry for all those, you know, vegetarians out there. But I love me some steak. And there's going to be steak there, amen? That's how he he uses, of all the things, he doesn't say there's going to be tofu there. He says there's going to be steak there. Amen. But you know, I think about, you know, when you get to order anything, right, on the, on the menu. I used to go out with Danielle to a, a Morton Steakhouse sometimes on special occasions. And I would look at him, he'd look at me, he said, order the porterhouse. And I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. I love to watch you eat, Glenn. Order the porterhouse. Are you sure? Yes. 
And they would bring this beautiful meal to me. And it was awesome. And I ate all of it up. That brother's debaucherous. But you know, thinking about this, thinking about how amazing heaven is, there's, this is a place where if all the joy you could have be multiplied by a million is how you would feel, even more so. I don't give it justice. This banquet is not sufficiently spoken about right here. I am upset that there's only a couple verses about this banquet because it's so incredible, church. And I think that's what's cool about God is he wants to surprise us. He wants to amaze us. If this creation is so amazing, how much greater is his banquet going to be? And yet people don't pay attention to it. And he says, many are called. In fact, I believe everyone is called by the voice of God through creation, through God's word. Every single human being is called to come to the banquet. But the Bible says few are chosen. We're going to talk a little bit about what that means. What is many are called but few are chosen? What does that mean for us in our time? Well, for us disciples, we don't have to think about it too much because we've been called and we are SVP'd, amen? And now we're going to the banquet. But what's that mean to other people? What's that mean for the people that are not in this room who didn't decide? I also don't like that few are chosen. I don't like that word few. Evangelists don't like the word few. I don't think all of us, like, you know, how, how's it going? I have few dollars in my bank account. <laughs> you know, I have, I, have, I, have, I have a few gallons of gasoline in my tank right now. You know, we don't like that. We don't like few. And God doesn't like few. And that's why he said, get as many sermons out there. Make them come in. Beg them to come in. Have them come in. You know, for 22 years of my spiritual life, after accepting the wedding bank, I've been trying to invite as many people as I possibly can. And yet it's discouraging sometimes. People's hearts can be discouraging. Because they rather do other things than come to the banquet. They either think the banquet is not real. Amen. Or they don't care. I was someone who didn't care for a while, right? We all were people like that. Let me ask you a question. Why did you respond? That's an interesting question, isn't it? There are smarter, more moral, more people of integrity than me, a lot more. Believe me, a lot more. And yet I said yes. You said yes. What made us say yes? This is the ultimate mystery, amen? That in some ways we chose to follow God, but God chose us. And we didn't come to God because we're so great, amen? We came to God because the inner call moved us after the outer call. This is a mystery. This is a mystery. I, I believe it is a mystery because I can't tell you why people come to God and why they don't. I can't. 
I've been doing it for 22 years, and I'll be like, this guy's not open. And then he becomes a disciple. <laughs> and I'm like, this guy is so open, and he never wants to talk to me again. <laughs> the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can understand it? Amen? But I'm here to tell you one thing. God didn't just choose people to make it and other people not make it. Everyone is invited. Amen? Everyone is invited. Some people believe that certain people are chosen for heaven. Certain people aren't. That goes against scripture, guys. So what does this passage mean? Because essentially, he uses the word chosen. I think it's important as disciples to understand this passage. Because on one hand, we can get prideful and think, we're so special, we're chosen, which is great. Or we can get prideful on the other end and think, well, we really worked this out and we made good decisions. And that's why we're here sitting down with a spiritual life that we have. It's important to understand this as we reach out to people, as we love people. And I'm here to say that it's really, I've done a lot of study on this. And you probably can't read that, but I'll I'll read it to you. It is not those who are called that are chosen. It is those who respond to the call that are chosen. I want to give you a little analogy here that helps me a ton. If I'm doing a party at my house, okay? You know, Danielle's planning, so it's going to be awesome. She just did a shower with some ladies for Lindsay. And we were not allowed to be on the first floor. But I snuck down and got some decaf coffee Come on. in my sweatpants. I was hoping, and Lyanne looked at me. She was like, Glenny, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave. <laughs> but we're doing an awesome party, and I, and I make 100 invitations. I give them out to people, okay? And I say, listen, I need you to RSVP me as soon as you can. Just call me and say you're coming to the party. That's all I need you to do. And then I'm going to put you down on a list And then you don't even need to bring the invitation. Just bring yourself, and I got you on the list. Now, say only five people respond to that invitation. Doesn't that discourage you? Yeah, very discouraged. You send out 100 invitations, and only five people come. How do you think God feels? How do you feel like God feels? Whoever ate for God... What he feels about that. So the party comes, you know, I got five plates, you know, set up. I got the best food set up. And all of a sudden, a hundred people show up. And I'm like, what's going on here? You, you didn't RSVP. And they go, but I got my invitation. So then Fred comes up. He says, listen, I RSVP. Do you got my, you got me in the list? I go, yes, Fred, come on in. Amen, Fred. You know? Then Lisa comes. Hey, Lisa, you're on the list. Come on in. And then Bob shows up. He shows up, and he's got the invitation. He's like, you know what? I didn't didn't RSVP, but you know, I'm here. And man, this party looks amazing. Can I come on in? And I said, what's your name? He says, Bob Owens. I said, I don't, I don't see a Bob Owens. <laughs> you know, this seems a little harsh because most people go, well, just come on in. 
But you have to prepare for this banquet. Amen? You have to prepare for this banquet. The book of life is where you need your name. And if your name is not in the book of life, we won't be able to enter that banquet. Another thing that's very important is we've got to have the white wedding clothes. That's what he says. And I believe that a lot of people aren't prepared in this life, aren't they? Don't we fly by the seat of our pants? Isn't it the worst when you're planning like a wedding and knowing RSVPs? It's always like that. Joe Catozzi called us the last minute church of Christ one time. <laughs> Joe Catozzi. I said, stop being so grumpy, Joe. But he's right. We don't prepare for things naturally as people. We don't prepare for heaven. This world doesn't prepare for heaven. But you are the ones, amen, that RSVP. I just want you to let that sit in. That's all you need to do. You responded to the call. Does that make us amazing people? Does that make us morally amazing people? No, it makes us just people that said, we want to go to the banquet. We care enough to pick up the phone, give God a call, and say, I want to be there. What do you feel about the guy who doesn't RSVP? And we're not talking like two months. We're talking your whole lifetime. All you need to do is RSVP God. See, the thing is, God wants everyone there. And the thing that's challenging is that we need to be perfect to be there. This scripture in Galatians 3.26 says, So in Christ, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. This is an amazing truth, church. Yeah, you might have had a tough week. You might have fallen into sin. You might have had some challenges. You might be stinking in out as a disciple. I've done it before. But you have the clothes of Christ. And so when then God looks at you, he sees Christ. You know, sometimes my clothes get dirty. Most of the time. And my sons, you better believe their clothes get dirty. I don't know what it is. Kids just like to put their knees in mud. I don't know what it is. It's like magnetic, you know. They just, they just go right in there. You know what I mean? And they love to get dirty. But God says, your clothes are always clean because of my blood. This is what happened to this guy. Maybe he was a religious guy. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm coming in. I've been so good. I've been a lot better than that guy Glenn over there. I can't believe he's even invited. <laughs> Can you believe him? You know? And yet he walks in with his head high. And yet he doesn't have the clothes. Church, we can't get there by perfection. By our own good deeds. We need total reliance on Christ's clothes. You know, in context, this is talking about the Pharisees. If you go a little further in, in Matthew 22, uh, up above that, Matthew 21 through uh, 40, chapter 21, 45 through 46, I love this scripture. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them. Don't you hate when someone's talking about you, but they won't say it outright? 
These guys started getting heated. They looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. So he's talking about the Pharisees here. These, this parable is, is a, deep, a deep parable because, yes, it applies to us, amen? It applies to our day and age. But God came first through the prophets, right? And he invited the Israelites, right, to come to the banquet. And they paid no attention. They refused. They killed the prophets. They denied them. Then he sent another group of servants, the apostles, the 12 disciples, to tell people to get ready to the Israelites. And then he said, go out and invite anybody. And that was us, the Gentiles. I'm grateful he remembered us. (laughs) And he says, go out and get those people. You know, truth is, we're only there because of the clothes we have on. Never forget, you're only there because of the clothes you have on. You know, I I love this because back in the day, I think we should get back to this. When you had a wedding, the, 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 the bride and groom provided the clothes for you. Nowadays, you get invited to a wedding, and you're like, thank you. Now I'm going to pay $500. So happy you're getting married. Now, if it's your real close friend, you're cool with that. But in the church, sometimes you're really close to a lot of people. And, they, and that, that, those tuxedos, they'd be racking up. And then that provides the bridegroom for his tux, usually. So he's fired up. But back then, they gave you the clothes. And you wore that to the bed. And that's how they knew who was part of that invitation. That's a great invitation system, isn't it? They didn't have to worry about, you know... Hey, did, are you on the list? No, you knew because of the clothes that they had. We have, the, we have Christ's clothes. When we were baptized, we received Christ's clothes. <clears throat> That's a promise from God that you were baptized into Christ. You clothed yourself with Christ. Today, amen, amen. Laura is getting baptized. Amen. Awesome, awesome sister. Don't want to make her too embarrassed. She is so excited. She's been studying the Bible. She's um, an amazing mother, an amazing uh, woman. And she's going to be baptized in a little private time after service. But when she goes in that water, as all of us did, she's going to come up with the clothes of Christ. And I guarantee she's going to have some tough weeks sometimes. And sometimes she's not going to feel worthy to be a disciple. Sometimes she's going to feel like, man, I really stink at this disciple thing. And I said the same thing. Do you ever say to yourself, man, I'm so bad at being a disciple. Maybe I should give up. You know, that brother, he's so good at being a disciple. He prays every day and reads his Bible every day. He's so disciplined. That's not something they called me when I got baptized. You Portsmouth people know this very well. I, I was in leadership and I'd show up late every single leaders meeting. And Bob would say, bro, what in the world? Why do you keep showing up? I'm like, I'm so sorry. One time we had a cross study, and I was late to the cross study that I was leading. 
<laughs> and the guy was so open. He got baptized later, amazingly. He calls up Bobby because, bro, I really wanted to study the Bible, but I think Glenn didn't show up. I get a call. What happened? I look at the clock. It's 1 p.m. I'm like, how do I do that? I was studying for Orgo a little too late. And I got, I was doing too much. I didn't know what I was doing. This is your evangelist, amen? (laughs) I've grown a little bit since then. But it's only because of our clothes. You know, a lot of people believe that they have to be amazing people. Who are disciples? Disciples are those that said yes to God. You can be a disciple if you just say yes to God. And the sad part is that some people don't say yes to God. You know, this is really powerful. Because Justin Martyr and Plato said something about predestination. Predestination is a doctrine out there that says that God chooses who he's going to choose, and he doesn't choose others. Plato said this. He said, the blame is of the one who chooses. God himself is blameless. Isn't that amazing? That's an amazing quote from Plato. Justin Martyr, an early disciple, says, Unless humans have the power to choose good and avoid evil, they are not accountable for their actions. You know, the early church believed that every man has a choice to say yes or no to God. And I'm not here to bash Calvinism, but it's just not true. Now, I, I understand it's a mystery of how we can Decide to follow God. But I believe if the early Christians believed this, it was an overall thing, then then this interpretation that we're seeing here is true. Many are invited, but few are chosen. Now what do we do with this? Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 and we'll end here, guys. As we're turning there, it says, 1 Timothy 2, 3 through 5, this is going to please God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved. And you come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one meteor, one God, between mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. God wants all people to be saved. He wants all. He's got enough plates. He's got enough cattle. He's got enough mansions for all the people that ever lived. There is enough blood from Jesus. Let God be blameless because he has invited all people. And I don't know about you, but I've gotten soft when people have said no to God. When people say no to God, I'm like, okay, that's your decision. (laughs) I don't want to insult them. You know what I mean? Next person that says no to God, I'm going to respectfully rebuke. <laughs> you said no to a God who hung on the cross for your sins? You say no to a God who invited you to the banquet? Let's look at Matthew 22 right now. Before you leave me, I want you to remember, many are called, but few are chosen. Disciples, we need to stick up for God when people say no. Because it's a sin to say no to God. What's the ultimate sin? Yeah, 
you know, sin is sin, right? There's a lot of sins out there. But I think the ultimate sin is saying, no, God, I don't want to be there. No, God, I don't want to pay attention to you, even though you gave me everything. Now you're like, I'm, you're preaching to the choir right now. I'm saying this is what we need to share with the people that we love. We need to be bolder, church. We need to be bolder with our workplace. We need to be bolder at our schools. We need to say, you need to say yes, or is you're going to be there with no clothes on that are sufficient. Let's be bold, church. You know, the worst that can happen is to get mad at us for a day or two. But guess what? That seed would planted. They won't forget. The thing that always impacts me is that he was speechless. There's not going to be a lot of talking on Judgment Day. Isn't that intense? You'd think the guy said, oh, I didn't get the right message. I didn't know what was going on. You know, Jesus was just a guy from Nazareth. I didn't think he was the real deal. He's speechless. Maybe heaven is going to be the, the, the judgment day is going to be the quietest place you've ever been. Because everyone's going to know that they should have said yes. You know, disciples are going to probably be speechless too because they're going to feel what happens when people say no. But then once we go in, we're going to, God's going to wipe every tear. And God's going to heal us. And we're going to party, amen? amen? Now what? What do we do with this amazing banquet? Oh, boy. Check those guys out, man. <laughs> this is a, a picture of me and Kevin Miller. I was one year as a Christian. We're in Paris at this KCC conference. And I had a beret on, guys. <laughs> I had a beret on. But this is just who I was. I was like, hey, man, I, I gotta, I've, been to, I've never been to Paris. Let me get a beret. And I thought I was cool. <laughs> I don't know what Kevin was carrying. He had a huge bag with him. Bunch of money. No, he didn't have a bunch of money. But I don't know what he had there. We were going sightseeing. He had everything. You know, he used to, he used to just carry everything around. We were dreaming of doing something good for God. I didn't know what was happening. I remember going to that conference and deciding I really want to go into full-time ministry. That's where I met and, and had my first date with Danielle. All right. With the bray on? No, I took the bray off. <laughs> but church, I'm amazed, you know, 21 years later, how God has been so merciful to me. And I never thought in a million years I'd ever be doing this. I was least likely to be a Christian. You know, if they had that award. You know, I meant to my, the worst thing is when you go to your anniversary, you know, your reunion, right? The reunion for your high school. That's when you know the truth. And, and you know, now they know who I am, but five years into it, you know what I mean? They were like, there's no way. <laughs> Did you, and they got everyone wrong. Petruzzi. Petruzzi became a minister. No way. <laughs> Where's your Bible? <laughs> I was like, I don't have a Bible. Quote a scripture. 
They were like not believing me. Because I was such a mess. And yet, I want to share something with you. God is not done with you yet. And this is the shorter point, but it's the longer point. Because it's a shorter point because I'm not going to say much about it. But I want you, disciples of Jesus, to think about what good works God has prepared for you. Let's read in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it's a gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance. It's pretty awesome. He prepared in advance for us to what, church? Do. We're not saved, right? We've heard this before, by good works. We're saved for good works. What are the good works that God has prepared for you? What a great question that is, right? You know, this word, and we're going to focus on verse 10, for we are God's handiwork. That literally means God's poem. Now, I'm not a poet, right? But when you write poetry, it's beautiful. It's amazing. You know, reading other people's poets, most of the time I don't understand the whole poem because my vocabulary is not amazing. (laughs) But the few sentences that I do understand are amazing. I must have a dictionary close by most of the time when I read poetry. But it's it, the, 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 po- the, the poet crafted those words in such a beautiful way. And that's what he's done with you. Each one of you is God's poem. Another translation says, God's masterpiece. Isn't that crazy thing? I'm God's masterpiece. We're all God's masterpiece. Isn't that cool to think about? So we were chosen not just to be saved, not just to take up air, not just to receive salvation. We were chosen in advance that only there's something that only you can do in this world. Only you can. Brandon can't do it. I can't do it. Greg can't do it. Only you can do it. Isn't that amazing to think about? You know, I want you to think about something. I want you to, this is just what I want you to end with. You've been chosen by God. I want you to pray, God, use me more than you've ever used me before. Write that prayer down. God, use me as much as you've ever used me before. I want to be used, God. You start praying, use me, God. Wow, what's going to happen? That's a scary prayer, an exciting prayer, isn't it? Use me, God. I know I've been a disciple for 30 years. I know I've been a disciple for one year. I know I've been a disciple for five years. But God, use me. Show me the good works that you have prepared in advance for me. God's working on us, right? He's the perfect potter. We are the clay. And he's molding us. He's shaping us. 
Job said, your hands shaped me and made me. This is deep, isn't it? And I want you to write these five things down. I want you to do some contemplation, some reflection. Can we do that, church? Do we like reflecting in our quiet times? We get like to think about some things. Recently, God's opened up some gifts for me. He's awakened some gifts I never knew I had. And he's going to awaken them for you. I love this. This is someone, I got this from somewhere. How do we know our spiritual gifts? How do we know what God has prepared for us? Well, we got to do some thinking about ourselves. Study on the Bible what your spiritual gifts are. What's your spiritual, if you've been a disciple for a while, you kind of learn this. Like mine is not the gift of administration organization. (laughs) And the church says. (laughs) But there are some that are so good at that. The church needs that. You know, we all have different gifts. Think about your gifts. Don't be petty about them. Lift them up because they didn't come from you. That's right. They came from God. You know, God wants you to use those gifts, not hide those gifts. We need them in the church. People being saved by those gifts. People staying saved by those gifts. The light of Christ, the service of the poor. These gifts can be used. Think about your gifts. Think about your heart. I know that's a little interesting thing to think about. Some of us, what's our heart saying? You know, a lot of times in the Psalms it says, Be still, O my soul. It's like David's talking to himself. What's your heart wanting to do? What are you thrilled towards? What's special about your heart? You know, every one of our hearts is so special. I've learned to just love people in the ministry. They got their quirks. Everyone's got their quirks. Yeah, that's true. And as we're longer in the family, I start loving your quirks and you start loving my quirks. <laughs> I love it. Sometimes I'm like, oh, that brother's coming up to me. He's going to do this. And he does it. I'm like, see that? <laughs> I know that brother. But there's something special about each one of your hearts. Yeah. And I want you to think about what's your heart drawn to? That's like Jesus. Amen. What are your abilities? And this is another bit of a different question. Maybe you don't, have, you don't see the spiritual gifts, but you have abilities. Things that God's trained you in. You know, obviously we hear some amazing singers. Yeah. They didn't just get baptized and... <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They developed that gift somewhere. Yeah. I used to be a song leader. Could you believe it? I was a song leader. And guess where those abilities came from? First of all, they came from God. But it came from singing boys to men. (laughs) Boys to men, back again. You know, I used to sing it in my my room, you know, and I'd get down, you know what I mean, and sing it. And and I used to try to hit those notes, you know what I mean? And, And it was not like boys to men. But I was developing my gifts, amen? And then someone said, sing, I love to praise his name. I go, you know, that's like boys to men. I can do that. You know, God is, we have a unique experiences, right? We have a unique personality. I want you to think about this. And I want you to come into 2019. I want you to go to Jake. I want you to go to Greg. I want you to go to the leadership and say, I believe this is my unique gift. Do you think that? 
or ask somebody, what's my unique gift? Because there's nothing like feeling used by God. There's nothing like it. And some of us, we might feel like spectators in the church. And sometimes we feel like, well, that's my leader's job to figure out where to put me. And I believe that is part of the leadership's role, amen? But it's not only the leadership role. Because sometimes we'll be putting you in places you don't like. Hey, bro, could you count? Bro, I have a hard time counting, bro. You don't want me counting. Well, bro, can you do this? I'm not into that, man. Some people don't love serving in kids' kingdom. Nobody's going to say anything about that. Now, I want to say, maybe you want to stretch that gift a little bit. And maybe you want to serve and, and give yourself as a sacrifice, a living sacrifice to God in that way. But some people love it. And I believe the Bible says, let those that love it do it. I just want you to think about this. That's all I want to end with right now is for you to think about, okay, you've been chosen by God. Now, what does God want you to do about it? What if you received a DVD? Okay, DVD. You know what a DVD is, guys? (laughs) Or maybe you got a transfer file in your email. Big file transfer, you know those things? And you clicked on it and it said... Justin Bain's life. And you could see into the future of what God wanted you to do. Imagine that. Maybe you see a future wife. Maybe you see a future life. Maybe you see some things you've never thought you could do. Wouldn't that be exciting? And I guarantee you'd love that movie. That would be your favorite movie. Two thumbs up. 10 out of 10, because God is prepared. God's will is perfect and pleasing to us, amen? And so what we're doing now as disciples that we've been chosen, we're trying to discover, like a scavenger hunt, what are the works that God has prepared for us? In 2019, I want our northern churches to be used by God more than they ever felt used before. Come on. And I want you to think about that. I want to put it on you. You know, if, if half of our group took that serious, where would our churches be? Yeah. God's chosen you uniquely to serve Him. Amen. Many are called, but few are chosen. Amen. Amen.